Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland. With me today is the Headless Horseman, Brandon. How are you doing, Brandon? I'm doing good, Cortland. How are you? I'm doing great. Today, we actually have a very special guest, the creator and host of Potterless and co-host of Horse, Mr. Mike Schubert. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. We really appreciate you coming on the show today. How did you like your uh, trek into Are You Afraid of the Dark? Man, it was it was interesting because I remember this was one of those Nickelodeon shows. I had a sister who's four. <laughs> I still have. She has not died. Uh, I have a sister oh, who is four years good. older than me. So, and I was born in '92, so I'm 27 at the time of recording. And this was one of those shows that was mm-hmm. like just a little too old for me, kind of thing. So I remember yep. watching this show. But I honestly couldn't remember the details of any episode very well. But once I was playing this episode and the theme song came on and the intro was going, I remembered everything of that. Like the light through Mm -hmm. the keyhole and the creepy clown and the slow-mo fan. Like that was all very clear to me. So I I feel like as a kid, I would watch my sister watch this and then leave the room if it got too creepy, probably. (laughs) Um, So it was fun for me to actually watch an episode because I feel like I remembered everything about the show except for like things that happen in the show i remember throwing the sand on the fire that makes it blow up and extinguishing the fire Mm -hmm. at the end so it was fun to actually watch an episode uh and i watched it right before i went to bed which was not the smartest decision because like (laughs) even though this isn't even though this isn't a really terrifying show the old lady in this episode there's some creepy camera decisions where it just there's like cut zoom some... to her face and nothing else yeah and uh, yes. i had to watch an episode of the great british bake-off afterwards to feel nice before i went to sleep <laughs> just come down i'm glad you enjoyed it that's one of the cool things about this show i've watched it i mean i'm not like an expert at it brandon he's never seen this show before and just getting to watch it again and appreciate things I mean, spoilers, when I first watched this episode as a kid, I absolutely hated it because it was on all the damn time. I feel like you say that a lot about a lot of episodes. There's two in particular, the other one we haven't gotten to yet, that just played on loop. But I I hated this episode growing up and then getting to watch it as an adult, I can appreciate a lot more of it. And that's where the fun of this podcast really comes from. So I liked it. Yeah, it was an experience. I'm excited to talk about it when we get into it. (laughs) It's fun stuff. Normally, I ask Brandon, like, did you do anything fun this week? But I'm not going to lie, man. We are boring people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't do anything, so skip it. super boring. We don't do anything cool. Hold on, let me just... Brandon, did you do anything? No? Me? Nah, I didn't do anything. Single thing. Hey, Mike, how was your week? (laughs) It was good. It was busy, but in a good way. I was just at LeakyCon last weekend, so we spent a little bit of time, like, recovering from that. Uh, and then I went to a Yankees playoff game last night. I live here in New York, and I'm a big Damn. fan of the baseball team, so I went to that. They lost, but it was still a fun experience because I got to yell things at the other team. <laughs> yeah, just a little, just stuff like that. My my fiance and I just moved into a new place, so we had like a IKEA furniture planning session. And once we finish recording this, oh, uh, it is my duty to go to IKEA and place the order for all the things because you can get faster shipping if you go in person as opposed to doing it online interesting so, yeah yeah so it was a good week fun that's cool man yeah you're way more interesting than we are <laughs> <laughs> i need to go see a cricket game you haven't yet no i have no fucking idea what cricket is or what's going don't on don't do cricket do <laughs> rugby rugby is hype 
yeah, but rugby actually looks interesting. I want to see cricket wow. and be like, what the hell is going on? Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> you just want to sit there and shit talk it? Yeah, it's like land Quidditch because it can last a million games, years and the rules yeah, don't Yeah, the games sense. just go on. <laughs> oh, well, I, I can't think of a single interesting thing I did this week. I took care of that wasp situation from a few weeks back. They're no longer invading my home. Hey, that's good news. Yeah, I guess. You're not murdered by wasps. Always no, wasps. They didn't take over the entire house, just that one room, and I think I've gotten it under control. That's about it, though. I didn't do a damn thing. Just been working on the podcast, really. Hey, it's a lot it's of work, all the man. grind, baby. Potterless was like one of the first podcasts I ever really listened to. My wife showed me it, and then I just binged the fuck out of it at work. Nice. And I was like, I can do that. <laughs> Which, I mean, <laughs> I am, but... Dude, nah, people people so underestimate work. how much work it is and that it costs money to host and stuff like that. People like just think, oh, yeah, you're just talking to a microphone with your friends and they just put it up. It's like, no, nah, you got to like do stuff. And people ask me, oh, how long does it take yeah. you to how long does it take you to edit an episode of Potterless? I'm like, probably eight hours. They're like, what? You have to like yes. do things? Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. Like, that, it's, <laughs> people be like, oh, wow, that's, that's, crazy. that's so long. It's like, yeah, that's why the podcast is good. But... You don't just hit stop recording and upload. No, I do probably <laughs> about a thousand, a thousand cuts per track. Like, I do a lot. I yeah, think I over the show for sure. But I... Well, I think your work. editing is pretty seamless. Thank you. But after, like, being an editing guy myself, like, you can tell sometimes in podcasts when you're like, oh, yep, they cut one sentence and blended it in with another right here. Mm-hmm. And, man, sometimes it takes, like, half an hour just to get those right, and it's crazy. Yeah, it can take a long time to do, like, individual things. I'll spend, like a minute and a half on just one word but then when you finally get it it's very exciting and it's the most thankless job because if you do a perfect job editing no one notices that you've edited so you just have to have the Mm -hmm. the self-confidence and the self-satisfaction of i edited this very well and i took out all of the likes and ums and awkward pauses and (laughs) dealt with all of the skype lags so that it sounds as seamless as possible and there's no crosstalk and everything's great so yeah i feel your pain it's it's okay i mean i'm not gonna lie man i love it i think it's the best hobby ever it's so fun it's fun it's a good time all right are you guys ready to get into this uh this episode we got going on today yes i've had this bag of sand next to me this whole time let's go (laughs) oh man mike it's actually monkey bone dust (laughs) oh is that what that shit is yeah am i allowed to say poopy words on this podcast too? oh yeah for sure okay cool 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 yeah that i never understood as a kid when they would throw sand on the fire and then it would go more intense i remember i was at a bonfire once in new jersey we there was a fire and i took some sand and i threw it in and nothing happened i was like this show lied to me what the (laughs) hell it's supposed to go up in a comical explosion i still don't understand why they throw it in there like i get it's their little tradition or whatever but who was the one who was like okay you have to throw the dust in to start your story and why wasn't everybody like, um, no, I'm just going to tell my story. I'm going to go with the kid. I don't know whose name was the guy who was <laughs> who kept losing the dust because the little kid kept taking it. That nerd with the glasses. He definitely came up with that rule because he yeah. seemed oh, very yeah, sure. concerned about the dust. His dust. That bag is just precious to him. Back in season one, like episode six, I think it was. Brandon and I, we were like, what the hell is that powder? You know, and. In that episode, for some reason, they have ground monkey bone dust in a bag. So from then on, we're like, oh, yeah, that's fucking monkey bones. Ground it up into dust, and they throw it on a campfire. So that's, that's... what we've declared it to be. Jeez. It's not, though. Wild. It's like it's like coffee creamer or something, but... Yeah. <laughs> 
So we collectively have just got done watching season three, episode two, The Tale of Apartment 214. Oh, Mike, I'm going to ask you just like your general thoughts. What do you think of this of this episode? I thought it was interesting. I think uh, always with the episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark, it's the plot is interesting and then the acting is garbage sauce. So if you <laughs> yeah. look at it just on the basis of what is the plot of the story, it's actually kind of cool. It's just that most of the acting is terrible. Like adults, kids, sound cues, the way it's shot, all of that seems pretty not well put together. But if you look at, if you zoom out and just think of the story, like the story is pretty interesting. I thought it was cool. There were some little things I really enjoyed. Like Stacy's outfits were always incredible. Her jacket was really cool. That flowery blouse thing was really cool. So, like, little things like that were fun. But, I I mean, I enjoyed it. It was a little creepy. I think the low production quality made it a little creepier. It was was veering into Blair Witch territory where because it wasn't (laughs) shot with, like, a really nice camera and because there were these weird cuts of just, like, zoom in on someone's face and nothing else... I think it added to the creepy factor a little bit, but I still enjoyed watching it. Yeah, it's yeah. like some grindhouse shit. Yeah. There was a couple things with like sound effects that I thought were funny. <laughs> like every time, every time they open or close a door, it creaks. But then there's multiple times where people open a door and then walk down a hallway and then scare someone by showing up right behind them. It's like, well, we've established that every door in here is <laughs> creaky, yet we've it only creaks in certain situations. But now it was fun. It was fun yeah. watching it. I enjoyed it. Even, you know, it was campy and not necessarily high quality television, but I thought it was really fun. That's awesome. I'm really glad you had a good time with it. How about you, Brandon? What'd you think? You know, I actually liked this episode. I did too. By the standards of what we've seen so far, <laughs> this episode had some moments. And you know, you know what? Old people are scary. <laughs> yes. They're supposed they to be, be sweet. So when they're not being sweet, they're fucking scary. Mm-hmm. oh yeah i agree so yeah this episode was uh not too bad i i was looking forward to this episode when we started this whole podcast because like i said as a kid hated this episode it was on all the fucking time i didn't want to watch it i turned the channel but watching it now i actually really liked it <laughs> hey which i never thought i would say let's dive into this mess though you guys are you guys ready for this yes, yes. This. all right so the episode begins with like an overhead slash over the shoulder shot of our newest Midnight Society member, Tucker, and he's fucking around with this bag containing the precious monkey bone powder. We see him tying a knot and then out pops Betty Ann and she tells him to put that shit down or Gary's going to freak the fuck out on him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why she says that because Gary's like one second behind her. <laughs> he can hear yeah, that's her. That's a good point. Betty Ann just she wants to keep the peace, man. That's what her job is in the Midnight Society. So, Mike, I know you haven't been with us, obviously, but, like, we just had an upheaval of the Midnight Society. This kid is now there. He's fucking everything up. Good. It's a new season. It's crazy. Yeah, scrappy-doo. Yeah, scrappy-doo. While watching it, I was very confused as to, like, why they did this part. Because it just seems like they're wasting money on other actors and actresses. (laughs) Like, does anyone care about the lore of these kids? Just, like, cut to the chase and tell the story. I I I don't see what this is, like providing 
in this little opening scene. But... They don't have a crypt keeper. They have a bunch of kids around a fire. <laughs> this is I what guess. they've got to work with. <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe they probably like just shot all of those in one take with all the same kids. Like one day, they just did the whole season for all those things because it was like five total minutes. It just it seemed unnecessary. So we we did season two. We wrapped up season two a couple weeks ago, and this episode hasn't come out yet as of when we're recording. But we got we actually talked to the creator of the show. Oh wow, nice. Yeah. Yeah, no, we're getting freaking ritzy up in here. Well, when he originally made the show, he did it in a way he wanted it to be accessible for kids. Okay. So originally he was gonna have just an old man sitting in a fucking chair reading a book to, <laughs> to the people. Kids love old men reading <laughs> stories. Yeah, that I mean that's worked. that's for kids, right? Oh, but um it. he changed it to be more like accept- accessible for the kids so they have something to relate to, so I relate with Betty Ann. <laughs> I lie. I'm more of a kiki. But so that's why he did it. So just so they could like relate with kids. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I remember as a kid definitely like trying, trying to tell ghost stories and not being very good at it. Yeah, me too. I mean, all the main characters in the episodes are kids. So there's already somebody to relate to in every episode. That's true. Yeah, I guess you're right. I do see like on Twitter, a lot of people being like, oh, I wish I could be part of the Midnight Society. So, I mean, it stuck with a lot of people. For sure. Tucker wonders aloud what that stuff is anyway, even though he should recognize it as premium monkey bone powder that's sold at his dad's magic shop, but Gary grabs it from him and says, hey, don't touch the pouch. And Tucker gives a beautiful Canadian sorry. He gets up, and Gary asks Betty Ann if Sam's coming tonight, and he wants to know if we're getting a new member or what. So at this point, like, last season, two people left. This season, we got one. Presumably, next episode, we get a new member of Midnight Society. Mm-hmm. So Benny Ann tells him next week as Kiki is up tonight. And I like this part because these Midnight Society bits have been kind of throwaway lately. I mean, for the past two seasons. And now we're getting some continuity. So I like that. It's going somewhere. Yeah, it's like an overarching story for five minutes. It's like cut out the scary story part. Let's just hear the drama between these kids. I just want to hear why you don't (laughs) slash do like to move. Also, that is the most buck wild thing ever when the girl that looks like Stephanie Morgan for Backyard Baseball is like, I love moving. It's like, you're wrong. <laughs> Nobody you're fucking incorrect. Loves moving. And I'm glad everyone reacted as violent. Yeah, she's as you fucking do. stupid. Yeah. No, no, you don't. Is, Sit down, Kiki. Moving is the worst. I like moving. No, you don't. You've never moved if you like moving. It's the <laughs> worst. It's so annoying. Oh, man. Dude, before that happens, though, we cut to Frank who walks up. And he says, man, I'm dead. And then my favorite lines happen. Tucker pipes up saying, yeah, from the neck up. And he laughs. And then Frank slaps back with, like, my favorite insult so far in the show. Do you want to be dead from the neck down? <laughs> Which is wild. What a wild comeback. It is. Is Like, is that saying he's going to paralyze him? Yes, that's what he is yes, going okay. to do. All right. In 1994. He's going to turn that, like, 10-year-old kid to a quadriplegic. <laughs> fuck i love that it. is rough oh man it's great so frank's is down he's saying he's beat because he helped his brother move all day we look at gary and then betty ann they both talk about how horrible moving shit is and they're totally fucking right moving is the worst it is i got a question though okay frank's brother's moving dave just moved Kristen moved what the yeah. hell is going on in this everybody's part of canada me. that everybody's fleeing i don't know maybe a wildfire or something I don't know enough about what happens in Canada. I don't think that they have tornadoes. Maybe there's like an ice storm. And they're like, fuck it, we're out of here. I don't know. Everybody's evacuating. It's a maple (laughs) syrup landslide. 
Oh, yeah, it's like that one time that molasses explosion happened in, in like New York or whatever, except this time it's maple syrup. There we go. We've discovered it. <laughs> All right. It's just really cold, so it's moving super slow. Mystery like, solved. Fuck Boom. They gotta tell their stories quickly before the syrup comes. So we look at Kiki, who blinks a few times and says, I love it! And the gang is just dumbstruck by this. They're all like, say what? What the fuck? How can you like moving? Because I'm a child and I don't have to do anything and my mom just hires movers and I just sit there. <laughs> I'm 14 and I don't understand what moving means. <laughs> yeah, shit, Mike. You've moved like, I don't know, a hundred times since I started yeah, listening to your stuff. I mean, yeah, I was in an engineering and I moved a hell of a lot before I even started the podcast. I was in an engineering rotational program, so I moved every Ugh. six months for two years. So I moved Ugh. four times. I did Houston to Oakland, Oakland to France, France to Houston, then Houston to Seattle, Seattle to New York, and now New York to other New York. So, oh my god, dude, you should get you need to hire Kiki. She loves she loves moving. <laughs> I love it. She'll move your couches. Yeah. Oh, it's great. <laughs> she's also like bonus points. She's also the voice of Francine from Arthur. So, whoa, we get to talk to Francine. That's fun. I know, right? At least he was up until 2019. I, I, I don't even. Hmm. I don't follow Arthur quite as much as I do this children's show. Well, that's the next <laughs> podcast. That's the next one. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> Kiki stands up saying, "Lugging stuff around isn't any fun, but moving into a new place is like a mystery. You always wonder who lived there before. You know what they were like, why they left." And then Gary says, "Oh, sounds like a pretty good story." And Kiki's like, "It is." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and he's. <laughs> She grabs the pouch from Gary, and she takes her seat at the Midnight Society throne, and then she continues saying, my story is about moving and about promises. A promise is a pledge, something to rely on. You should never break a promise, because if you do, it may come back to haunt you. And then she says, submit it for the approval, and she's going to call the story something, but wait. She goes in for a fistful of that monkey bone powder, but it's all fucking gone. And then we look over at Tucker, who's sitting there smiling to himself like an idiot, and Gary yells, give it back, bozo. Shouldn't it be Zebo? He can't use Zebo. That's that's Betty Ann's. Trademarked. Exactly. Tucker unzips his backpack and gives Kiki the dust. She doesn't skip a beat, saying submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. I call this story. Also, the amount of dust is comical. There is so much so monkey much bone dust. dust that how don't see how you grab that bag, seeing that the little kid has decided to fill a gallon Ziploc with it. <laughs> and you grab the bag and you don't realize that it's empty. There's so much. There's so much. <laughs> oh and how did God, no one man. notice him pouring it into his gallon-sized Ziploc bag? It's bonkers. <laughs> it really is. And I don't know how much how much expensive monkey bone dust is either, but shit. I mean, grinding up your own daily monkey bone dust, it's got to be. I mean, Gary just grabs it from his dad's shop. He pinches a couple. <laughs> he does. You know, it's really nice of Frank to provide Kiki with that moving segue. Really convenient for her. I know. How convenient, right? She's just sitting there, like, flipping stories in her brain, like, all right, who's going to bring up something that I can relate to? I got to say, though, her, um, like, monologue beforehand, this is one of the first times that it actually has something to do with the story. Oh, nice. That's yeah. Good. I wonder if that'll be a trend going forward. Mm-hmm. Probably not, though. Don't hold your breath, man. You'll die. But yeah, most of the time these little these little teasers at the beginning are very vague and have like absolutely nothing to do with the story. This one actually seems to have a lot to do with it. 
the episode begins in front of the Courtine apartment complex. There's some people biking, walking around. Some, some fabulous 90s music is playing. Oh, I love the music. Uh, so good. I love 90s music. It's so relaxing. <laughs> we're warped inside, and, and we're showing a dog walking down a dark gray hallway with its owner, Stacy Cooper, walking behind. She's got a box in her hand, and Kiki's voiceover tells us that Stacy's going through a rough time. It looked like her They're parents were going to break always up. Always going through a rough time. It's very relatable. That's how all the stories start. It also felt like they weren't allowed to say the word divorce by because her parents are about yeah. to break up. Is like, see, it's a very strange way to phrase it. Yeah, like it sounds like they're still dating in high school. It's like mm, my mom <laughs> broke up with my dad. Like, yeah, maybe use different vocabulary <laughs> words here. It's very teenager lingo, you know, about mm. break up. Yeah, when it says she's going through a rough time, she's carrying a box that says "fragile." I wonder if that uh, was some kind of that's symbolism. That's intentional. We see Stacy. She walks into a smallest apartment room that is just filled up with boxes and lamps and other shit. And Kiki continues saying that she and her mom had to move into a tiny apartment across town. And their apartment is as gray as the hallway. It was really weird. Stacy sets down her fragile box and lays down on the couch next to her mother, who is breathing on and dusting a knickknack for some reason. Um, Priorities. You got all this other shit, though. You're going to start with that? She crazy. <laughs> Stacy tells her mom that this apartment is a lot smaller with all the shit in here. And mom says it's a little cramped, and Stacy's like, Mom, a sardine can is a little cramped. Yeah, I didn't like this point where Stacy is basically insulting her mother's ability to get an apartment. She's like, Mom, this place is too small. She's like, This is all I can afford, dear. Give Why don't me you a get break. a job, Stacy. Yeah, jeez, yeah, get off your ass, <laughs> Stacy. The hell are you doing? When Reading you're a studying book? for social studies class, I'm out here busting my ass. <laughs> mom does agree, though, everybody. That it's small, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, it's all that she can afford right now. And then they're interrupted by the noise of something crashing to the ground, and Stacy yells at her dog Bugsy to get the fuck out of there. And then Mom smiles for some reason, even though something yeah, just I broke. didn't understand that. Like that's your <laughs> shit. That's not funny. <laughs> it could be a precious knickknack. <laughs> needs dusting. <laughs> she needs to breathe on it. Like stuff crashes and breaks all the time in this episode. I don't yeah, especially in the beginning. There's a lot of things breaking. The scene switches. Mom and Stacy are leaving their apartment, and they pass by apartment 214, which opens up a little as Stacy walks by. We move outside now. The two girls are looking in the trunk of Mom's car that's parked in a no-parking area, and they're talking for a moment about, like, you know, whatever, shit in their trunk, whatever. And then they get yelled at and startled by a guy with a Russian accent. Russian in heavy quotation marks. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. You cannot be parked here. But it's like not even Russian sounding. It's just like they were going for sound vaguely European of the Eastern European variety. And the guy was like, yeah, I got you. And then it was awful. Yeah, I've seen the trailer for Rocky IV. I've got this. (laughs) Yeah, it it wasn't close to like any country. It was just in between like six of them at the same time. I love it. So campy, did, you know. Did you that. catch what this guy's name is? Oh, it's yeah. Oh, yeah, bonkers. What is it? What's his name again? It's Tybald Horstrom. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that is I not am a name. Tybald Horstrom. I am the manager. All right, guy. <laughs> Santa Claus looking motherfucker. My favorite part about this scene, I love that she just... Mom has a container of 
pennies in her hand, and mm-hmm. this guy, Tybalt, he scares her, and it falls to the ground and smashes, and there's just fucking glass and pennies everywhere. She think that's funny. <laughs> she just, she tells the guy, you scared me! And then we look over at this guy, who's kind of like chunky, and he's cranky, and he says... I can't do a Russian accent. I, I can't even. Neither can that, he, so he don't can't. worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. We're just going to grab a clip and throw it in there anyway. So Smart. Yeah, that's like my favorite part is incorporating the clips. Mom tells him. The dude shoots back with, I do mind. You move car now. But wouldn't they know that's, that's the manager? That's what I thought. You kind of have to talk to somebody to move into an apartment. Oh. Uh, I didn't talk to anyone when I moved into my first New York place. It was all email. Ah, okay. This is 1993, though. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. The only situation I could imagine is if, like, it's part of some sort of realty group and she met with, like, some sort of broker and doesn't, didn't know the manager until that day. It's very loose. (laughs) That's (laughs) all I'm going to say about that. Like, it didn't make much sense to me, but I haven't moved into many apartments. I've been in, like, two my whole life, so... I don't know. But I agree with her. It's like, fuck, just let me park my car here and get my shit out. It'll take like five minutes. This is a small sedan. Yeah, right? When I lived in my apartment before I married my wife, I, I remember watching some guy from my balcony. He took his truck and just backed it right through the grass up to the door of his apartment and just like unloaded stuff in there. And I think that's a little more extreme than what fucking Stacy's mom's doing. Right. Oh my gosh. Have we not talked about how the character is Stacy and Stacy's mom? I didn't even think of Stacey's that until mom. he just My said just now Stacy's mom. She's got it going on. Wow. Ah. <laughs> uh, got it going on, you guys. I actually I like Stacy's mom. Stacy's mom in this is great. What has he done? <laughs> Stacy's dad fucked up. He could have had Stacy's mom. Oh well, it's like they're maybe getting prophecy, back together though, later on in the episode. Who's to say? Oh, we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so the manager walks away, and Stacy calls him a jerk. Mom agrees. She looks down at that fucking mess she created, and then she sends Stacy away to go get the broom and the dustpan. And she starts like yanking at her hair in disappointment. If they still have stuff in the car, including apparently her life savings, that makes her <laughs> dusting the knickknacks even more insane. Right. They're parked in a place they're not supposed to be, and she's worried about, like, "Mm, I gotta make sure this thing is polished. No dust. Must be clean. (laughs) I love it. So we warp back with Stacy, who's walking down the hallway to go get that fucking shit for her mom, and she walks past apartment 214, which opens up a smidge as she makes her way to her own apartment, which is 213. And the camera lingers for a moment on 214, which closes the door after Stacy walks into her own apartment. The scene switches. It's nighttime now. Stacy's reading a book on her balcony. And she looks over at the shutters of apartment 214, which are right next to her somehow, and they're banging a bit. And she tries to read some more, but the shutters bang a whole bunch more. So Stacy's like, fuck this. She gets up and she goes back into her own apartment and she sees her mom snoozing on the couch. So she covers her up with a blanket and then there's a knock on her door and she looks out the peephole. She unlocks her door and Stacy looks down the hallway at apartment 214, which opens up and, and she hears the hum of an old lady. I guess. It's the only way I can describe it. <laughs> an oldish sounding hum. Yeah, it's like, if you were an old lady and you were humming, that's what it would sound like. So she's walking over to 214, and then a hand reaches out behind her and grabs her shoulder, 
guys, it's just mom. Just relax. It wasn't scary. It's just mom. We're safe. And then I think Stacy doesn't Stacy then go, Mom, you scared me. Which so like it just runs in the family that <laughs> this does. is all they say to people. I just don't understand. <laughs> the mom is sleeping. She wakes up. Stacy's yeah. not there. The door's open. She doesn't say anything. She just gets off the couch, walks to the door, turns, sees Stacy's there silently creeps behind her stretches her arm out just grabs her shoulder instead of saying oh hey stacy where are you going or what are you doing stacy get the fuck back in our apartment <laughs> it's it's ridiculous uh stacy said she thought she heard something but mom ushers her back into the apartment room saying she doesn't want her wandering around at night and stacy gives a touch of sass and then they enter their room and apartment 214 ominously closes Mm-hmm. that is what it does it opens a little bit and closes a little bit for like the first 20 minutes of this episode. That's the show. <laughs> so presumably the next day, Stacy's walking through the hall. She's got her backpack on. She's got an old lady sweater covering like over her collared button-up shirt. She looking looks... so fresh. She looks fresh to death <laughs> in every scene. <laughs> she looks to me like she swapped clothes with an old lady. <laughs> Which is awesome. <laughs> it's a look. <laughs> Oh, God. She looks over at 214. Um, she rubs her finger on the, like, peeper slot. What the fuck yeah. is this thing called? The people. People. <laughs> Why did she do that? I think it was, like, an attempt to see if she could see through the other side, but that's not how peepholes work, no. Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> you should have read about that in your fucking book, Stacy. I know. <laughs> she puts her ear up to the door, and then suddenly another girl her age pops out of fucking nowhere. And ask, oh, you know what? We didn't really describe Stacy. Stacy's a girl. <laughs> all right. That's about all I got. She's a girl. She dresses fabulously. Mm-hmm. What else is there to say? She's got, she's got like a curly type hair that's in a ponytail. Yeah. She's got a dog named Bugsy. She's got a she mom. She likes books. <laughs> she is a girl. She's gr- she's a nice girl, though. I like Stacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Stacy. She's a good protagonist. Except when she's not. She's probably like, what do you guys think? Like 13-ish? 13, 14? Yeah. I I was pegging her as like 7th or 8th grade. Okay. Yeah, me too. So this new girl, Angela, she pops out of nowhere. And she is also like 13, 14. This girl sucks. I hate her. (laughs) She's awful. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm sure you'll describe, but this interaction is bonkers. I don't like anything about her except her jacket. Yep, agreed. Her jean jacket is cool as shit, but she's not. Did you guys ever watch the Disney Channel original movie? I mean, I know Brandon has, because I watched it with him, I'm sure. But Smart House, did you ever watch that, Mike? I've. It's one of those things that like I know of, but didn't watch, because I didn't have Disney Channel as a kid. Uh, oh, we okay. like only That's got right. Nickelodeon, and then it wasn't until high school that we got Disney Channel and Cartoon Network. So I missed the boat on some stuff, mainly oh. Disney Channel original movies. So smart. I know like Smart House is the top one. It's like that Hocus Pocus and Xenon Girl of the Future that I need to see. So I'll get there eventually, but I've got other stuff going on. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I understand. Smart House was my favorite. And the the girl here, Angela, she reminds me of the little sister from that show, which I guess doesn't make any sense to you, Mike. But does the little sister in Smart House suck? She's got like the same hair as this girl does. Okay. Because I was going to say, that's the main quality of Angela, is that she sucks. You know, I can't actually remember the little sister from Smart House. Well, she was also in Brink, and remember, I think we named her Gertrude. Okay. I know who it is now. (laughs) 
Okay. That's all you need to say is it's Gertrude. <laughs> so this girl pops out of nowhere. Her name's Angela, and she asks Stacy what she's doing. And Stacy stutters out like a, uh, I, I was, I was just, uh, wait, who are you? So Angela, she lives in apartment two twelve. And Stacy asks her if she knows who lives in two fourteen. And Angela tells her that she didn't think anybody did. And then she's like, you just moved into 213, didn't you? And Stacy's like, well, how'd you know that? Angela tells her that she's seen her around and that there's not that many kids that live here. So Stacy asks Angela. <laughs> and then Angela rolls her eyes and says, maybe. What a bitch. There's not a lot of kids here. There's no one else I can socialize with. Do you want to hang out with me? Maybe. Ugh, I hate her. <laughs> but my favorite part, though, is... They just like part ways and leave, but they could have just hung out then. That's af- it's after school. No, they've got <sighs> schedules they need to check. Very busy social lives. I love it. That's so ridiculous. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your apartment's maintenance man. Whether you're new to Up All Night or tune in every week, thank you so much for checking us out. We had a ton of fun recording this episode with Mike. If you're interested in getting cool stuff sent to you, like stickers and t-shirts, or exclusive access to bonus episodes, early episodes, and more, check out our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash private island. You can join the ranks of the roller skating bronze Beths, the high school student mind-controlling silver goths, or the winners of the prestigious 600, the Golden Bostics. Take a look at the tiers and see what you'd like to join. I'd like to take a moment to thank all of our patrons, the Golden Bostics Michael, Bryce, and Kathy, the Silver Goth Brett, and the Bronze Best Angela. Thank you so much for being members of the Up All Night family. The second round of Patreon t-shirts should be arriving to you this week. Do you have an Instagram and like to laugh? Every single week we bring you even more Are You Afraid of the Dark to Love, handcrafted gifts every weekend from Brandon himself. Have you ever wanted to see an Are You Afraid of the Dark and Resident Evil crossover? We've got you covered. Terminator meets Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yep. Titanic and Lion King mashup? You know it. I'd also like to introduce Are You Afraid of the Dark Friday memes. Every Friday, I'll create a new Are You Afraid of the Dark meme for you to love. So follow us today at Private Island Presents on Instagram. We're also available on Twitter at PRVT Island, so give us a follow there. I think we're almost up to 300 followers now, so that's pretty awesome. If you don't have either and still want to talk with us, well, we answer every single email, so email us at privateislandpresents at gmail.com. Every season, we do an AMA session, or Ask Me Anything, so if you want to ask us any questions, go ahead, we're always taking them. All of the links to our social media pages can be found in the episode description and our Linktree link. There you can also find our merch store, a link to the Podcast Junkie Discord server, and our YouTube channel. So if you have a moment, smash that like button and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, Unless, of course, the new YouTube Terms and Services bans our account because we're not viable or whatever. Uh, Who knows? If you're enjoying the podcast, let somebody else know about it because word of mouth is huge for podcast growth. And let's be honest, everyone wins with Are You Afraid of the Dark? I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for its work on the music for this podcast. Aside from this theme, Sticker Brush Symphony, from Donkey Kong Country 2, composed by David Wise. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. I just wanted to say thank you again to everyone that's listened. You all make this whole podcasting thing worth it. 
There's nothing better than getting feedback from fans. So whether you're telling us that we made you laugh and smile while you're walking your dog, or we've brought back a sense of nostalgia that you've long forgotten, if you want to make our day, or honestly any podcaster's day, just reach out to them and say hi. We are all happy to hear from you, I promise. For now, I'll let you get back to the show. Thank you again, everybody. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. We shift scenes to another day. Stacy's in a new outfit, and we're outside. She's got like a blue and white jacket on, I think it was. It's so fresh. Stacy calls out to her mom, and mom's up on the balcony of their apartment, and she's like whipping the dust out of a rug for some reason. And she's like, hey. And, and mom's like, well, how come you're so late? And, and Stacy says, the, the bus broke down? Yeah. She does say the bus the broke bus down. The bus broke down, and I thought this was going to come up again. <laughs> That's just a weird, a weird detail to include. Yeah. I don't... I don't get it. I don't understand what the point of this is. Makes no fucking sense. Mom walks back into the apartment, and then we see an old fucking lady, and she's looking out the door of her part of like her balcony, and then she quickly darts back into her apartment, and Stacy's oh, just like, "The fuck, love it." <laughs> so Stacy runs inside. She goes up to two fourteen, and she knocks on the door a few times, and then she starts to walk away when the door to two fourteen opens up, and Stacy walks inside. I don't. I wouldn't go into that apartment room. I wouldn't care enough to go in or investigate this room anyway. Like, yeah, the door opens yeah, and I mean, closes yeah. and the shutters bang a little bit. Like, who fucking cares? There's worse neighbors to have. I sure as hell wouldn't do it alone. I would bring my mom be like, hey, mom, you know how the door down the hall is really weird and opens and stuff all the time? Can you come with me? Yeah, it's like three feet away. She can just be like, yeah, okay. To Stacy's credit, she could take out this old woman if she had to, though. Uh, I'm not so sure. <laughs> Damn. The door creaks open, and Stacy looks inside. There's an old woman that walks out of another door, and she's got a bunch of teacups and on a tray and stuff. And she says, it's about time you came to see me. Now, I know we mentioned that scene from the, the 90s It movie. Oh, yeah. But this yeah. really gave me some vibes. Me too. That's the first thing I thought, too. But this is yet another instance of an old lady dropping some bomb-ass tea. Um, these motherfuckers. Old ladies love tea. Love it. She's like, I'm having some bomb-ass tea. Would you want to join me? And then the old lady asks what her name is. And Stacy says, Stacy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then the old lady tells her that it's going to be a real trip to drink it from where she's at. Because she's still in the doorway. So Stacy walks fully inside the apartment. Sets down her bag. And then she just, like, looks around. And this interaction that they have is so odd. Like, she then asks the lady if she's an art collector because she's looking around and there's just a bunch of paintings all over the wall. And the old lady says, in a matter of speaking, these are all the original works of Madeline Cagle. And that's me. And Stacy's like, you painted all this shit? What a, yeah, what a bonkers introduction because first off, all the paintings yes. are bad. They're all they low quality and good. really <laughs> poorly made. They're also in ugly frames, and the wallpaper in the apartment is disgusting. It so is. And it's so wild to refer to yourself. Like, this is the art collection of Madeline Cagle. And that's me. I'm trying to, like, if someone asked me that, it's like if I had headphones in and some, and I was listening to my own podcast, because apparently I'm, you know, if I was in, like this lady, a huge narcissist, <laughs> uh, and I'm just listening to myself, it's like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm listening to the recorded anthology of Michael Schubert. And that's me. <laughs> like, cool, lady. You just hung up your own art 
around your own apartment? I kind of feel bad, Mike, because I listen to my own podcast like all the time. Well, I mean, you have to to edit it. Like, this is how it works. And you listen to it to make sure it gets better. But it's weird. <laughs> just the way she talks about it is not just like, oh, I'm a painter. It's these are the collections of Madeline Cagle. Like, all right, lady. They're bad, so don't talk about them like you're at an art installation. They're in your apartment because no one else would take them. Exactly. If your stuff was good, it would be in other people's homes. But clearly it's not good. I mean, she's also in her apartment because nobody else will take her. So she's just like part of the collection. Whoa. <laughs> so Madeline laughs and she's she says that she painted these a long time ago. And then... Another fucking ridiculous thing happened. Stacy points out a single picture and she says, "Who's that? Is that your family?" <laughs> you bet this lady like wild. She didn't point at the cow and say, "Is that your cow?" No, Stacy, it's just a fucking painting. <laughs> <laughs> well, Madeline divulges all of her life story. She tells us that that's the painting of her nephew Frank and his family. Madeline never had children of her own, and Frank promised that she could live with their family. But as his family grew, he got tired of taking care of an old woman, so he asked her to leave. It's bonkers to tell the story. It's a bonkers situation of, I moved in with family, and then they kicked me out because I was too <laughs> old. <laughs> oh, ridiculous. The, another ridiculous part is, is though, Stacy's like, he broke his promise? Just like that? Ah, foreshadowing. Yeah. That's like the, not the thing that you would focus on. You should be no. like, what? He kicked you out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he kicked out a defenseless old woman? <laughs> Made her live on the streets? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Wild. Yeah, this may be uh, giving the whole thing away, but why doesn't she just haunt her nephew? Hmm. <laughs> because she's set in her ways and she doesn't want to move from the apartment apparently well it doesn't yeah, sound like she wanted to home. move from her nephew's house either <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point i don't know madeline tells her that that's when she moved into this apartment away from the children away from all of my friends and then stacy walks over and sympathizes with her saying that she lost all her friends too they're all back in her old neighborhood <laughs> and madeline's like girl we got something in common you know what might do the, both of us a world of good? And, and then she's dropping this bomb-ass tea on Stacy's ass now. And Stacy's like, what? And Madeline says, visits. If we were to visit now and again, maybe we wouldn't miss our old friends quite so much. And Stacy asks if she minds being friends with the kid. And Madeline's like, only if you don't mind being friends with an old woman. The way she keeps saying old woman over and over again started to make me uncomfortable. <laughs> no, you're not it, it, old, It felt like Madeline. a self-deprecating kind of, so does this dress make me look fat kind of thing. <laughs> or she just keeps over and over being like, an old woman. This old lady that played Madeline, she died a few years after this episode came out. Well, it was going to happen I mean, eventually. Look, honestly, not surprised. She's <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. You guys aren't wrong. <laughs> I mean, this episode's like 30 years old. She was going to be dead by now. May she rest in peace, but she is very old. Stacy sips her tea as this old woman fades into a montage of Stacy visiting her. She's bringing her flowers, and we get Kiki's voiceover saying, As the days went by, Stacy and Madeline spent a ton of time together. And then next we see Stacy moving Madeline's furniture around, and Kiki continues saying, Stacy helped Madeline with the tougher chores around the apartment. And we shift, and now Stacy's sitting, sitting down and dropping some bomb-ass tea on Madeline, and Kiki tells us that Madeline told Stacy like, some super awesome stories about her life. And then we switch to Madeline opening the door, and Stacy has a, a lot of groceries. Kiki tells us it was two full perfect. bags of There's groceries everywhere. Yes, she doesn't <laughs> leave the apartment. 
And also, she probably doesn't need groceries. This is the thing that's confusing, and and we'll just get, as long as we're okay with spoiling the twist, which I think we've already done, you learn that Madeline's just a ghost, and no one lives in this apartment. But what happens to all of the physical items that Stacy is bringing into this apartment? I wondered what happens to all of these groceries and the flowers. And I know that it was like, oh, Stacy helped Madeline with a bunch of chores. But then you learn the place is empty. Stacy wasted her damn time (laughs) cleaning an empty apartment (laughs) and wiping down furniture that doesn't exist. (laughs) I mean, realistically, Madeline should be able to ghost power that furniture around her room as she pleases, right? I mean, she can blink it in and out of existence. When they finally did the reveal, this grocery scene really made me think, like, she had two full paper bags of groceries. <laughs> what happened to those things? How did Stacy get them? Where does Stacy get the money? Did she do bring these on the yes. bus? I, like, this, the groceries alone opened a Pandora's box of questions for me. I know. It did for me, too. I was just like, what the fuck is going on? I Does she, does... Like did Stacy just put them in a cupboard in the in the kitchen and they just rotted there? <laughs> I, uh, or uh, the fridge? I mean, I guess that could be it. Is that a fridge and cabinets don't move out when you move out of an apartment? So maybe it's just still there. Kiki continues. She says Madeline wasn't lonely anymore, and Stacy found her first friend. In the next scene, Stacy's helping Madeline walk through her apartment arm in arm. She's got that flowery coat or blouse or whatever the fuck it is. And I just assume that she's been borrowing Madeline's clothes because they're dressed like twinsies. Like, they both have, like, outrageous floral shirts on. They are not the same size. No, I guess not. Maybe one of them was from when Madeline was a young young old broad. <laughs> That's feasible, right? <laughs> Madeline asks Stacy if she could drop by the apartment tomorrow, and Stacy's like, no, I don't mind. What's up? And Madeline says, well, it's just a day I would prefer not to be alone on. Stacy tells her, I'll be there, and promises her, Madeline says that's wonderful, and she'll have a surprise for her, which I I want to know what that surprise is. But I feel like the surprise would have been the plot twist anyway, just in a nicer delivery. <laughs> surprise! I'm dead. Like, mm-hmm. What? Do you think it was the painting? Oh fuck! That is probably what it um... was. Okay. Yep, that's probably what it was. Better surprise than I've been a ghost this whole time. <laughs> I mean, I would rather know ghosts exist than to have that shitty painting, honestly. (laughs) It's a really bad painting. (laughs) So here at this point, it's obvious that Stacy's going to break her promise. (laughs) Anyone who can't figure that out, like you can't follow anything. But, you know, Stacy's going to break her promise. And this is where I thought the broken bus that was mentioned earlier is going to come in to play. Chekhov's bus. No, that would be interesting. Yes. That honestly would have been more compelling than what it turns out to be. Yeah, it would have just been an accident. That would have been awesome. Yeah, instead, it wouldn't be her fault, but whatever. It's, instead, Stacy Stacy leaves the room, and we switch scenes. We're in front of like the mailboxes for the apartment complex. Stacy's taking out her mail, and Angela stops her. She's like, hey, 213. She's like, check this shit out. And she hands Stacy some tickets. <laughs> And Stacy's like, what's this shit? And Angela tells her they're tickets to the Battle of the Bands. What? I didn't know those tickets were on sale yet. I know, right? Yeah, the concert's tonight. What a wild interaction. <laughs> I know. That's, I, don't, I didn't know they were selling tickets yet. It's tonight. I like that they're friends enough for her to give her this ticket, but she still just calls her 213. I won't bother <laughs> to learn your name. Right. 
I mean, it was an extra ticket, so I, I get it. And I've been there before for stuff. And this is before, I can only assume SeatGeek is sponsoring this episode. So it's before SeatGeek where you can just sell your tickets in minutes. <laughs> Use promo code I've been dead this whole time for whatever dollars <laughs> off. But, like, I can I can understand that a little bit more. But, yeah, the rest of this particular interaction is buck wild. It really is. Angela steps down the stairs. She looks around. Uh, she's looking for like a car or whatever and Stacy's like wow I didn't know they were selling these yet and Angela tells her yeah they are and we're going want to come we got an extra ticket Stacy's like dope but when and Angela tells her right now she's waiting for her mom to rip through the parking lot and pick her up and then we're gonna go get her friends and Stacy can meet them and Stacy hesitates for a moment saying I can't and Angela's like why not and Stacy tells her she promised someone that she'd go and visit them and Angela tells her this is the battle of the bands. I love how generic it was. I, I get what they're going for. It's just like vague thing that sounds interesting that teenagers would want to go to. But I think it would have been way more fun as a writer just to make up a weird band name. Yeah. And then just in oh. universe, they're the most popular band. I love fake bands. Like, this is the fitted sheets. <gasps> the fitted sheets. I love the fitted <laughs> sheets. Oh, my gosh. I mean, at least they did that with, well, I guess it's, you know, the Beats, the Beatles, but. At least they tried that right. in Doug. Dude, and the Beats have some jams. I Need More Allowance, Killer Tofu. <laughs> like, they got a great, greatest hit section. <laughs> we talk about that, like, once a month. <laughs> Good. As you should. I think you probably like the Beats more than the Beatles, don't you, Cortland? I mean, they're really... Uh, do Only one band has a female bald guitar player, and it's not the Beatles. <laughs> I, I don't like the Beatles. Last season, season two, episode two, no, it was three. They got transported back into 1968, and Mike, I hate, I hate 1968. <laughs> I hate the music because it's one year off. It's one year off and being really good. It's, I mean, that's a part of it, yeah. But like the it's music, one year too the aesthetics, soon. I hate it. I hate yeah, them. I can't. Well, I don't like. Fortunately, the Beatles. it's 2019. I know. I mean, I don't have to think about 68, but even Are You Afraid of the Dark has to remind me it exists. <laughs> So this guilt trip works on Stacy because uh, Angela's like, well, I thought we were going to start hanging out together. And she's like, free ticket. She waves it in front of Stacy's face. A car honks. Angela asks if she's coming or not. And Stacy just crumbles like a house of cards or whatever. She's like, let me go tell my mom. And then we see her get into the car. She drives away. And we look up at Madeline, who's looking out her balcony window. Mm-hmm. She's pissed. She so knows what's what, up. What's wild about this interaction is that she has Stacy has enough time to go up and tell her mom what she's doing, but she can't just walk by the hall and be like, "Hey, Madeline, I got invited yes. to a thing. Yeah, is it cool if I go and then come back?" And then Madeline either could have said yes or no. So, uh, yeah, that was what made no sense. Was if she had just gotten in the car right then and there, more believable. But the fact she's like, let me tell my mom. It's like, yo, the lady lives right next door to you. Yeah, she probably opened up the door to, like, talk to her while Stacy walked by. <laughs> she has been this whole episode already. Yeah, she tries to pretend later like she didn't mean to break her promise. But she goes out of her way to not fucking... It was incredibly intentional. Yes. <laughs> this was personal. She hates Madeline. <laughs> Oh I'm sick of tea. Get your own damn groceries. So next we're back up in the apartment complex hallway. Stacy tells Angela, because they're both walking down the hallway. She's like, thanks, I had a great time. And Angela goes into her apartment as Stacy takes a few steps down the hallway. 
and we can hear the the sound of some sort of old woman crying very loudly <laughs> sobbing super loud like <laughs> she's like a banshee it's coming from apartment 214 so stacy walks past her own apartment goes up to 214 she opens up the door and the room's all dark and near the window is the silhouette of madeline and, and the crying's getting louder stacy asks if it's madeline which of course it is but <laughs> she walks closer madeline is that you or some other old lady that's sad <laughs> <laughs> she walks closer and closer and suddenly this like the thunder crashes lightning illuminates madeline and she yells that's actually pretty scary that moment i was gotta say this this whole scene i was this was at the point in the episode because everything up to this isn't scary at all but once this scene started yeah. happening the music's creepy the lightning is creepy the the sh- the cinematography of it is scary and this is the point where i was like why did i watch this before bed <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have old lady dreams <laughs> i regret this decision <laughs> this old lady does a pretty good job of being menacing stacy backs yeah. up she's scared she flicks on the light and then she looks around the apartment but the room is empty and all the furniture and all those shitty paintings are gone. Unfortunately, that ugly-ass fucking wallpaper's still up. But the, <laughs> but the door slams, and Stacy tr- starts trying to open it, and she's pounding on the door, and she's screaming for somebody to open it up. And, and we get a commercial break. What was, what was so strange about all of this was we've established that the whole time this lady never locks her door, ever. Yes. <laughs> and now she's possessed to where... Stacy's trapped, and then they cut to commercial break, and then they cut after, and then she's just not there anymore. How did Stacy get out? I want to know what happened. Oh, so she's banging on the door, and she's like, "Oh, help! Let me out! Let me out!" And then the manager, Tybalt, or whatever. Oh, right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah he, he opens up the door. He's like, "What are you doing in here?" And Stacy completely ignores that motherfucker. She runs down the hall into her apartment. Stacy locks the door to her apartment. She's yelling for her mom, who asks her what's going on. Stacy tells her that it's Madeline. Madeline's apartment is empty, and Mom asks what she's talking about, and Stacy explains that everything was gone. She promised to go visit her. She didn't, and when she went to go say she was sorry, <laughs> it's a lie, Madeline was gone. <laughs> and Mom's like, she must have moved out, but Stacy tells her, no, Madeline was standing there in the dark, and when I turned on the light, she was gone. And Mom tells Stacy that she couldn't have been there one second and gone the next. She gives her daughter a hug, and that's that. But it's a weird thing that she started with everything was gone and stuff like she's seen madeline in there she could have been like mom there's a ghost next door what else could it have been the other thing that's strange is i want to know what the mom thinks has been going down has does the mom believe that madeline exists does stacy just say hey i'm going over to madeline's Mm -hmm. it concerned me that the mom has never seen interacted or whatever with madeline because you would think if you were the mother of a teenager that just keeps spending all of her afternoons at an apartment down the hall. You would want to walk down or see her or meet Madeline. Yeah. The mom's reaction made me very confused about what her understanding of Stacy and Madeline's friendship was. It would be so low effort of her just to, like, check it out. It's literally down the hall. Yeah. The door's open. Right. <laughs> the door's always open. Never locks. Unless you break your promise. Then you're locked inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then it locks. The scene changes, and Stacy's mom's knocking on the door to the manager, whose name is, like we said, Tybalt Horstrom. He answers the door, but it's locked. He, can, he opens it like an inch, and his face is like behind, you know, the, the lock. 
and 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 he says if it's about the plumbing i've already gotten the complaint and then he slams the door but mom starts knocking again saying mr horstrom did the lady in 214 move out and we look through his people which sounds gross but the camera shot is like a fish lens i think they just got a fish lens for this episode because they use it a couple times <laughs> gotta justify the budget somehow exactly we see mom and stacy in the, in the fish lens shot and tybalt says what lady there's no one living there and Stacy's all, you know, talking about, but Madeline lives there. And he says, who? Stacy tells him, Madeline Kegel, the artist. I swear she lives there. And Tibble tells her that no one's lived in apartment 214 in years. The scene fades. We're given another voiceover from Kiki over some sweet 90s music. And Kiki says, it just didn't make sense. All Stacy's seen for sure is that Madeline left and she would have to live with the guilt of a broken promise. And we're showing Stacy on her balcony. She's looking at 214 and then she's messing with like a potted plant or something. Kiki says, as time went on, she realized Madeline wasn't coming back and she would never get the chance to apologize. The end. (laughs) (laughs) That's all, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, we're in Stacy's apartment. Mom's all dressed up and it's storming outside. There's lots of lightning and thunder crashes. Mom closes the window, calls for Stacy, and the apartment is now like beautiful. All the boxes and furniture are nice and put away. Paintings and whatnot are up on the walls. She calls for Stacy again. She writes down a note, and then Stacy opens up the door to the apartment, and Mom hands her that note and says, Okay, this is the phone number for the restaurant. Are you sure you're going to be okay by yourself? Stacy says she's fine, and that if Mom doesn't get going, Dad's going to think she's not coming. Also here, Stacy's mom's outfit is absolutely incredible. She looks fantastic. She's going to get that dad back. She really does got it going on. It's like this florally jumpsuit dress thing with a belt around the waist. <laughs> she looks great. She looks ravishing. <laughs> yeah, like, like Brandon said, Stacy's mom, she's got it going on right here. She really does. I was like, all right, Stacy's mom, get it. <laughs> Mom tells Stacy that just because her and her dad are talking doesn't mean that they're going to be getting back together. Don't get your hopes up, Stacy. <laughs> We're just going to the she Olive just wants Garden. To back in. She wants to leave this old, this haunted old lady away. She wants to forget <laughs> about this whole thing. Stacy helps her mom with her collars. She says, I know, and asks mom to tell dad that she loves her. And then mom scoots out the door and Stacy locks it. But she doesn't tell her mom that she loves her. Just, just her dad. Eh, her mom already knows. <laughs> yeah okay yeah, i guess i so. say it all the time mom you get you get the idea mom i love you <laughs> dad would believe me about madeline <laughs> Ooh. some time passes and we get this fun shot of stacy laying on the ground the camera pans over her feet across her body and she's petting her dog and reading her little book and then it like scans up to the door and then we get a first person shot of somebody of something walking down the hallway of the apartment complex and it makes its way to 213 where stacy is it knocks on the door, and inside, Stacy calls out, asks who it is, and then she gets up off the couch, which is weird, because we just saw that she was laying on the ground, but mm-hmm. whatever. Stacy gets up, and the knocking continues. There's a crash of thunder and lightning. Stacy looks through the peephole, and we get a close-up fish lens shot of Madeline's face. She doesn't look angry, though, like you would think. She's just <laughs> smiling. She's so zoomed in. It's so fish-eye. Yeah. It's just an old woman's face. Yeah. Just wrinkles. If, if up I seen close. that through people, I'd be like, oh fuck this. Stacy gets excited. She's like, Madeline, what happened to you? I'm so scared. And she's unlocking the door, and once she opens it up, of course Madeline is gone. Stacy makes her way down the hallway to knock on apartment two fourteen. There's some spooky music, thunderclaps. She opens up the door to two fourteen. She calls out for Madeline. 
And then she turns on the light saying, Madeline, are you in here? But in the middle of the room is a turned over painting. So Stacy walks over to it. She picks it up and she looks at it. And it's a picture of Madeline and Stacy sitting on a couch having some tea. It is a bad picture. It is not good. <laughs> no. But there is a painting in the painting, which is sort of impressive. Interesting. I'd have to look at the painting again. It was bad. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. <laughs> it looked, it reminded me of something that like somebody in a preteen art class would do. Ah, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like middle school. Totally. I agree. Like maybe one of the kids that will be a good artist, but he's just like, they're just starting out right now. Or an old woman. Yeah, it Who definitely, knows? it definitely, yeah, it definitely felt like a, a younger person creating it. Yeah, for sure. I do really like this part though. So Stacy's got the painting in her arms, and you can see that the room she's in right now is unfurnished. The camera pans over; it ducks behind the painting that Stacy's still holding onto, and then we we pan across the other side of it, and the apartment has become fully furnished. The camera sweeps around behind Stacy. And it focuses on the picture again. Stacy like lowers the picture and fucking Madeline is right there in front of her. Mm-hmm. It's a good spook. It is. And I like the camera work here. I think this is one of the things that when I was a kid, I was like, I, I couldn't care less about what the fucking camera tricks were. But watching this as a 30 year old man, it's like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, they had a lot of fun with mm-hmm. the show. They got to do whatever they wanted and they went with it. But Stacy is scared, <laughs> understandably. Uh, so she's backing up and she's like madeline what's going on and madeline gets real spooky her voice is like a touch distorted and she says mm-hmm. and stacy shakes her head The problem with this line, like it's delivered in the classic creepy way kind of thing, but the problem mm-hmm. is by the time you do this reveal, you already know, like you already get it, what's happening. Yeah. So I feel like it would have been better if this line was said in the first time when she shows up, like when it was the lightning and the rain and, and she's not there. I feel like that would yep. have been the more impactful time to deliver this line after the point where she's like, that's the 10-year anniversary of the day I died. It's like, yeah, we get it. We've been also watching this show for the past 12 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. That would have been when she was crying and, and she opened up the door and it was all dark. And that would have been the perfect time for this yeah. interaction. Mm-hmm. It could have been one of those cool mid-sentence things where she opens the door and then she, it just is immediately her saying... Today was the worst day. A very bad day. You promised that you would come and you didn't. And that's hurts me. And do you want to know why? And then lightning flash. And then there was that 10 year anniversary yes. of my death. <laughs> and then she could have been locked in a room with an old woman. <laughs> Man, then it would have been more fun. Because then she would have been locked with her guilt and realization of what's happened. Shit. What a missed opportunity. I know. Uh, Hire me, people doing the reboot. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Don't worry. We'll send your name to DJ next next, uh, season finale. We'll we'll get your name. Yeah, hit me up. I'm ready for it. (laughs) (laughs) Stacy doesn't waste any fucking time with this shit, though. She throws that painting down on the ground where it it should be, and she (laughs) runs out of that apartment. She slams the door. She runs down the hallway into her own apartment, locks that door. 
And she's standing near it, like near the door. She's catching her breath. And then under the door slides this note. And Stacy reaches down. She picks it up and reads it. And it, of course, says, why did you break your promise? In the most beautiful old lady handwriting. Such a ridiculous thing. (laughs) This woman can teleport wherever she wants. And she can just (laughs) yell, why did you break your promise? But she's scribbling notes and sliding them under doors. She took her time with that note, man. That handwriting was nice. Beautiful calligraphy some thunder crashes stacy backs up she's all scared she backs up to her window she hits it the window shade flips open and stacy turns around and madeline is standing outside of her window and she screams she runs she unlocks the door and she runs to angela's apartment this whole scene was so creepy everything was so terrifying here i mean i guess it doesn't matter because ghost you know ghost physics and whatever she's on the second floor so if madeline was outside her window would she be flying or do you think she's just on the balcony? Uh, she's a ghost. Either way, it doesn't matter because it's ghost, ghost logic and stuff. So mm-hmm. she's out in the hall now. She's she's screaming for Angela. She's banging on her door, and then the lights flash out, and she hears a knock, and someone's walking down the hallway. You can't make out who it is. It gets closer to Stacy. She screams, and then the the thing says, <laughs> "I did enjoy that he turned into Yoda." <laughs> <laughs> It's all. It's our good buddy, old Tibbled. Classic Tibbled. He says, "You go back to your apartment." Stacy says she can't because Madeline's in there. And he says, "Who?" And Stacy says, "It's that old lady who lives in two fourteen." Tibbled says, "I'm telling you, there's no one there. I can't rent every time I show apartment. Something happened. People get scared. Go away. You go home now." He probably sounds better than what I just said. That doesn't matter. No, no, he doesn't. He starts to walk down the hall faster, and Stacy's like, where are you going? And he says, I go to fix fuse. Gotta make lights come back on. And Stacy wants to go with him, but he yells, neat! <laughs> uh, you go home! <laughs> and and she and he walks away from her. So Stacy she looks down the hallway, and she sees her fucking dog, Bugsy. He's walking himself down the hallway. He just walks right into fucking 214. Stacy's begging the dog to come, but is not listening to her. And Stacy makes her way into 214 to fight her dog. There's some crashes that catches Stacy's attention because Bugsy just cannot walk anywhere without ruining something. So she walks past a mirror that's on the wall to see what it is. And then in the reflection, we see that our girl Madeline's over there. She's creepy. She is. Very. Stacy opens a closet door and her dog Bugsy's in there. How did Bugsy get inside the closet? <laughs> Bugsy is a small dog. The only thing that could have happened is that Madeline opened it up and fucking locked that dog in there. That that was the least believable thing of the whole episode. <laughs> the There being a ghost is more believable than Tiny Dog <laughs> gets inside closet and closes the door. It was crazy. So Stacy opens up that closet door. Bugsy's there. And she starts to console the poor dog that was stuffed into a closet by an old lady ghost. And then, boom. Madeline makes her move. She's right behind Stacy. She just starts yelling at her. She says, you broke your promise like my nephew. Stacy's like, please don't hurt me. But Madeline continues advancing on this poor girl. She says shit like, I waited for you all day. And you didn't come. Stacy's apologizing. Madeline advances on her more and says, how could you do this to me? Stacy gets back into like a couch. And she sits down on it. And she's like, I wasn't trying to be mean. I just wanted to make a new friend. And then Madeline stops. And she says, oh, why didn't you say so? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. She's like, so did you make a new friend? She asks it very menacingly. (laughs) 
Yeah, like she's gonna get her the friend. Way she's after like, this. so did you make a new friend? And I was afraid Stacy was gonna be like, well, I don't know. We hung out that one time, but we haven't seen each other since. <laughs> See, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> she's kind of shitty. She rolls her eyes at me every time I talk. But I mean, I guess uh, we're friends. Angela. <laughs> <laughs> so Stacy nods. And she says, I didn't mean to break my promise. And Madeline walks away while Stacy says, I came over after, but it was too late. You were already gone. You absolutely meant to break your promise. Yeah, it was incredibly intentional. You thought also, for like she was five there. seconds if you should right. keep your promise or go to the concert and totally went to the concert. So Madeline takes a seat. She tells Stacy, it's very important to make friends, Stacy. You shouldn't be alone and I won't bother you anymore. And Stacy says, Madeline, are you really dead? <laughs> <laughs> just very casual now just a little chat about the afterlife i mean if i met a ghost that's the first thing i'd be like i'd be like what happens tell me i mean yeah but this old woman was trying to murder her like 10 seconds ago <laughs> that's true that's true madeline tells her i'm afraid so so stacy asks her the next logical question aren't you supposed to move on or something and madeline's like girl i'm too old and set in my ways to move anywhere I just don't feel like going to hell. <laughs> I've exactly. done some shady stuff in my past. <laughs> Stacy tells her eventually somebody's going to move in, and then you're. Oh gonna yeah, have you're to not leave. paying rent, Madeline. <laughs> she is not your home. You rent this place. You're a tenant. You don't own this apartment. Ooh, damn, Mike. <laughs> she's gonna haunt well, your ass like, next. You can't, I don't know. She's like, oh, she's like, oh my god, people are trespassing. Dog, you're not paying for shit. <laughs> Russia, Mick, Eastern Europe <laughs> yeah. head has a business to run, Tybalt's and not you're not supporting none of that it. Ghost money. Tybalt, there it is. <laughs> He's got to deal with his other landlords, Mercutio and Romeo. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, Madeline says that she's got nowhere to go and nobody wants her. She's not welcome anywhere. I don't want to leave. So Stacy, she walks up or she stands up. She walks over to Madeline. She crouches down next to her. She says, maybe you won't have to leave. The scene changes. We're in front of the apartment complex. Mr. Tibble is taking off a sign saying that two-bedroom apartment isn't available to rent anymore. Mom walks out. She says hi to him. And he says, ah, do you like new apartment? Mom's like, oh, it's great. There's so much room. This is something that you should never do. She says, I still don't understand why it's cheaper than 213. Fucking Why are you stop. giving me such a great deal? Why don't you want more money? <laughs> Makes no sense. Don't ever do that. What also doesn't make sense is that if it was available for rent when she moved in, why would she move into the Ooh. more expensive one bedroom I didn't than the cheaper that. two bedroom from the start? Very good point. Like, what would have made more sense is if when they moved in, someone already lived there and then was in the process of moving out because it was haunted. Otherwise, they would have just went into the cheaper, bigger place. Yeah, what the hell? Dude, I didn't even think of that. That's such a good point. Uh-huh. I had the thought. Why didn't she move into that one? And then I thought, oh, because she doesn't have a lot of money. But I, I didn't even consider that. Yeah, it's cheaper. cheaper. So that makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> well, Tybalt laughs at her and says, you get a discount for living with ghosts. And mom tells him, you watch too much TV. There's no such thing as ghosts. She doesn't say you watch too much TV. She says you watch too much TV like an alien. <laughs> she pronounces TV strangely. 
You watch too much TV. What? <laughs> we sit back inside. Some more 90s music plays. Stacy's walking down the hallway with a bouquet of flowers. Or bouquet, whatever. She opens up the door to apartment 214. And it's got this new coat of paint. And it actually looks pretty nice. There's decorations up and everything. And Madeline is there. She welcomes her home. And the door closes. And we get a voiceover from Kiki saying that when Stacy and her mom moved into apartment 214, she made up for her broken promise. We shift back over to the Midnight Society and Kiki continues saying, because Madeline wasn't going to be alone anymore. And that's the end of the episode. I, I really want to know how it works with the Madeline relationship now. Does she only show up when her mom isn't there? Is she just yeah. there all the time? Do they just have an extra roommate that doesn't pay rent but apparently eats groceries <laughs> there's so many so questions many, so many questions this, this ending is just a disaster of logistics my biggest thing is that mom is actively i mean i guess trying to get back with the dad right yeah so what happens in like two weeks when dad's like okay honey move stacy and you guys you can come back and live with me then madeline's alone again <laughs> Like, uh, this relationship... Gotta move into my new sweet two-bedroom apartment. This relationship is toxic. <laughs> Madeline is yeah. emotionally abusive, very clingy. Uh, contributes, contributes nothing. nothing to anyone. <laughs> except shitty paintings that no one wants. Right. Uh, yeah, eventually she's gonna break her promise or whatever of living with her. And yeah. she's gonna haunt her forever. Man, moral of the story, don't trust ghosts. Don't help them. Don't do it. Well, the real moral of the story is just like, if you're a kid, tell your mom what you're doing and where you're going. Yeah. And also, if you're going to go out of your way to do something that's five steps away from another thing, go and do that. Hey, I got to ask my mom if I can go to the Battle of the Bands real quick. Hey, yo, Madeline, fuck you. I'm going to the concert. See you later. <laughs> like, you could. It's so easy. It's so easy. I circumvented everything. Then she wouldn't have had to move in with a fucking ghost. That is the <laughs> worst outcome. Now I'm living with a ghost. Who snaps? She never does the dishes. Snaps that at you, a moment's notice. You have notice. to buy flowers for. Flowers are expensive. Like you got to be very careful with your wording. Like very. don't say anything that sounds like a commitment, because then you're fucking dealing with teleporting <laughs> lightning ghost again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back at the Midnight Society, Tucker immediately tells Kiki that that was a good story, and Gary just looks around saying, "But where's the pouch?" Biddy Ann's like, "What?" And Gary's all freaking out, looking for the pouch of monkey bone dust. He says it was right here when we started. And Tucker reaches behind him and hands Gary the pouch as Gary says, you're getting on my nerves. And he declares the meeting mm-hmm. closed and says, next week, Betty Ann's friend Sam is up for initiation. So don't miss it. The kids walk away. Gary can't find his bucket to throw water on his fire. And he says, Tucker, where's the bucket? As we fade to credits. And that's the end of the episode. I was pretty sad that we didn't get the bucket thing because that was another iconic thing oh, I remember. They always extinguish yeah. the fire at the end. Yeah, like the one episode without the bucket. I felt unresolved. But that was the episode. I'm really glad that I liked it this time because I was dreading this one, man. I thought this was going to be worse than Hungry Hounds. Oh, no. No, this one like wasn't bad. The story like the story is still interesting. There's just some stuff that, of course, like doesn't really make sense uh, and all of that. But like I thought this, the story was not bad. I liked it, too. It was good. That's probably one of my favorite Kiki stories so far. How many has Kiki told? Like three? She told Captured Souls, Old Man Corcoran. <laughs> Dream Machine. And Dream Machine. And then this one. Yeah. I like this was, one though. That was top tier top tier Kiki. You know what I didn't like about this episode? The title. Yeah. Yeah, it's it it feels very generic. I think collectively 
we mm. three can come up with better titles for this episode. Let's let's do it. I'll go first. The Tale of the Lonely Ghost. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. The Tale of Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 213. <laughs> and the Tale of the Broken Promise. That would have fit really well. The Tale of Tybalt. <laughs> the Tale of Tybalt. <laughs> the, the Tale of Old Woman Cochran. Whoa. The Tale of... But it's the Battle of the Bands. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Angela. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be all I got, actually. The tale of the very talented artist. Yeah, I feel like some something something more vague that actually tells you what's going on, like the lonely neighbor, some something that lets you in on what's happening. I I, I never enjoy, and there's like an HBO show and and mo- and horror movies where it's just like named after the room. It's like yeah. okay, I get it. You're either in a hotel or an apartment, and the room is creepy. This is not a fun title. A lot of the titles in the show are kind of just vague. They're either vague. Or there's the tale of the full moon that was about werewolves. So it's either vague or on the news. Exactly. Well, Brandon. Yeah. The next episode is season three, episode three, the tale of Watcher's Woods. I'd ask you who you think is going to tell the story, but it's kind of already been spoiled that it's going to be the new. Yes. Minnesota it's going to be member. Sam, the person yeah. we've been hearing about constantly. Mm-hmm. They better be fucking amazing. You hear the tale of Watcher's Woods. What do you think it's going to be about, though? That sounds like some Blair Witch stuff to me. Yeah, right? That'd be cool. Feels like a, 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 a wooden, like, in the woods, some sort of lookout point of sorts. Like, you go to this woods and it's got, like, a view of something. And then people see something creepy happening. And then they go to investigate it. Ooh. Sounds pretty spooky. I'm looking forward to this mm-hmm. one. I'm glad that we get to finally meet this mystical sam character it's gonna complete the midnight society for this season it's gonna be great yay so mike i i really appreciate you taking the time to do this podcast with us with brandon being in australia i didn't think we were gonna have any guests whatsoever so i i really appreciate you waking up at eight o'clock in the morning on a friday (laughs) to record (laughs) with us because this has been incredible. No, it's all good. I had a lot of no, fun. This has been fun. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. I'll, no, I had a blast I, too. Pleasure. You wrote such a nice email asking for me to be on the show. So how could I say no? But no, it was a fun time and getting up early was all good. I'm probably going to take a little nap. <laughs> and Honestly, me too. Begin my day. Brandon's probably going to go to sleep. but It was fun to re-engage with this show since I feel like I didn't actually get that in my childhood so i appreciate the opportunity and uh yeah thanks for having me on the show it was a fun time dude our pleasure i had a lot of fun for our listeners if you have not listened to Potterless yet you gotta go listen to it it's it's one of my favorite podcasts where else can people find you mike on, on twitter instagram yeah yeah so if you want to find Potterless, which the whole point of the show is i never read the harry potter books as a kid so it's me reading them for the first time as an adult and then switching out different guests who are big fans of the series i just finished the books i'm now doing the movies and then i'm gonna do other spinoff stuff um i also do a podcast called horse which is a basketball podcast about everything except for the actual sport so it's just us talking about like twitter beefs player drama uniforms all kind of stuff like that if you want to find either of those, just search Potterless or Horse or Multitude, the podcast collective I'm a part of. If you search any of those things, that'll show up. Uh, and then if you want to find me, my personal stuff on social media, it's at Shub17, S-C-H-U-B-E-S-1-7 on all of the major platforms. Sweet. Yep. I follow you right. on, on Twitter and Instagram. I love watching all your stuff. It's great. Love your podcasts. Everything's awesome. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. a great guy, man. <laughs> oh, thank you. I do what I can. I try my best. 
just out here trying to make my mom proud. You're you're out there trying to make Stacy's mom proud too, aren't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, hey. <laughs> but yeah, I'd be lying if I said that this podcast didn't exist because of you. So thank you. Oh, sweet. Well, no, I'm glad. I'm glad I could be the inspiration because I have a really fun time doing it, and I'm glad you, uh, you and Brandon can do something fun together now. Even though he's all the way in Australia, fun in Australia. It's been a lot of fun too because. You know, Brandon and I, we haven't been able to connect, and now we can every single week, so it is pretty awesome. That's great. I love to hear it. My favorite part is that my wife is going to be so jealous. She loves you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, wife whose name I don't know, (laughs) it's it's been a pleasure. (laughs) Kim, thank you for introducing (laughs) and making this all happen. It is all thanks to you, Without you, this wouldn't have happened, so... (laughs) So, yeah, so Kim, it's all you. Give Cortland no credit. This is all you, Kim. You are responsible. Now I'm going to be editing this part out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys, I've been yeah. up all night. I'm tired. I think I'm going to get going to bed. Yeah. Thank you again, Mike. Yeah, I'm going to take a bucket and pour it all over my laptop to <laughs> extinguish it. <laughs> <laughs> to be done with this. But thank you so much, guys. Where's thank the you, bucket? <laughs> no, thank you. Oh, I'll talk to you guys. Well. I'm sure I'll talk to you guys later at some point. So, all right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.